Release the anointing. 
So take it right now. There's going to be a release of the supernatural right now. The Holy Spirit is about to move in this place like never before. The power of God is about to touch you like never before. The power of God is about to heal you like never before. To the prince of the Most High God. God bless you for connecting. God bless you for connecting. People of God. There is a release of the supernatural. Begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Begin to thank Him. Begin to adore Him. Come on, lift it. Lift it, lift it. Bless Him. Adore Him. Adore Him. Adore Him. Adore Him. Praise Him. Father, we, we bless you. Lord, we give you glory. Even as we begin, Lord, God, we give you glory. We give you glory. Tonight, we give you glory. Come have your way, O God. Come have your way, O God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you praise. O King of Kings. O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Your glory, you've set your way above the heavens. Lord, we worship. We worship. Who can we liken unto you? Who can be likened unto you, Lord? We worship you, God. Blessed be your name. Thank you for the gifts of life. Thank you, O God, for your peace. Thank you for your protection upon us. Thank you for your arms of love wrapped around us, O God. We adore. Lord, we adore. We adore you, God. Father, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. For all the things you've done for us. We worship. We bow before your throne and we say, Lord, you are worthy. You alone are worthy, O God. You alone are worthy, O God. You alone are worthy, O God. Oh God, you alone are worthy. We bless you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we join the elders in heaven and all the angels in the beauties of holiness. We proclaim with the chorus of heaven that Lord you are worthy holy holy are you Lord God Almighty the whole earth is indeed full of your glory we bow Lord you are worthy O Lord 
to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things and for your pleasure they are and were created father we worship in the name of jesus hallelujah beloved we want to pray and ask for cleansing by the blood of the lord jesus christ you want to tell lord god that father cleanse me lord purify me make me whole in the name of jesus in the name of jesus father cleanse me and make me whole with the blood of the lord jesus from all fields and defilement of spirit defilement of spirit soul and body your word says that i should let my head lack no oil and my garment should always be white lord in the name of the lord jesus wash me clean with the blood of the lord jesus make me whole thoroughly spirit soul and body cleanse me oh god cleanse me oh god cleanse me oh god in the name of jesus christ even as i approach your excellent glory even as i come before the throne of grace grant me grace to help in this time of need wash me clean oh god to be able to receive from you in the name of jesus spirit soul and body and align me holy spirit take over and align me holy spirit take over and align me to receive from you tonight in the name of the lord jesus hallelujah beloved you want to lift your voice lift your voice in the next three minutes you are praying intensely in the language of the spirit release your mysteries begin to talk to your father love on him just love on him worship him worship him even as the word and administration of the spirit it comes to us you want to prepare your heart you want to prepare your spirit align your every part every part of your being to be able to receive to be able to contact grace tell the holy spirit the holy spirit your word says that you help my infirmities that without you i'm unable to receive from the excellent glory of the lord therefore holy spirit help my infirmities tonight position me to receive from you in the name of jesus to be able to receive accurate guidance accurate counsel of your word to make to be able to encounter your light in the name of the lord jesus christ enlarge my capacity to receive in the name of the lord jesus let me not leave you the same lord oh god aside your speakings to my life aside your ministrations to my life and my destiny grant me grace the ability to do ability to execute ability to implement your will in the name of the lord jesus christ oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god oh name of jesus enlarge my capacity 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 hey somebody lift it up lift it up lift up your voice Ikoro 
Oranto Holy Spirit, enlarge my capacities. Your word says you help my infirmities. You help my infirmities. For I know not what to pray for as I order. But you, Holy Spirit, you help my infirmities. Hey, Kolimos, Dimas Kopelo Ataya. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Reko Brondimo. Shadimala Katona Mekovaha. Rabadima Secret. Edima Sofenoha. Adagadagadima Shadadada. Hey, empowerment, 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 is empowerment, enlarge my capacity, quicken my understanding, quicken my understanding, to be able to receive from your excellent glory tonight, quicken my understanding, oh sweet Holy Spirit, to be able to receive from your excellent glory, open my heavens, open my heavens, open my heavens, open your heavens over me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ open the heavens over me tonight over my destiny tonight build in me capacity to receive in the name of the Lord Jesus God has prepared for for today's word and the ministration of the Spirit and every other person. We are praying that God will grant us grace and grant the vessel utterance that his will will be performed for us in this meeting as it is in heaven in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, lift your voice, lift your heart, begin to pray, begin to worship, begin to worship. Pray his will, pray his will. Names, amen. Because of the number and because of the limited time, 
Today we have a lot to do. God bless you. Connect with faith. Hallelujah. Don't just here on this platform or in this ministry, we don't just connect with our phones. We connect with our heart. We connect with our faith. Amen. Because God is at work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So before we proceed, I want you to follow the podcast if you if you haven't followed us and like the show just like the show amen even as the word and the prophetic ministrations continue right after now just click on the cross button or the plus button right beside the name burning ones to follow the podcast you are following god and the ministry not an individual amen that is why over here you don't see anybody's picture. You don't see the picture of any man of God, any apostle, or any prophet. But we, 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 you have the pattern that the Spirit of God has instructed us to build according to. That is what is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you want to follow us, follow us. If you haven't followed us, just click on the follow button and follow. Amen. Amen. Now I want to put... The minister for tonight on i want to put him on he's a brother he's a friend he's a teacher he's an apostle of the most high god and a dearly beloved minister not only to me but to all of us he's been here before he's blessed us before and God has sent him with a word, another word for you, another word for me. Amen. Amen. So, with much humility and love, let's welcome uh, my brother, my friend, our apostle, Minister Blessed, to bless us and to minister to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The platform is yours. You can take over. Thank you, man of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me the opportunity to minister your word. It is not by my mind, it is not by my power, it is by your spirit. Hallelujah. Pray, O God, and take absolute control over this meeting. I pray that the words that will come out of my mouth will be full of spirit and will be full of light. I pray and may this word that we are about to hear that the Lord does from grace to grace, from glory to glory, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God richly bless you, Apostle Samuel, um, for giving me this opportunity to minister the Word of God on this gracious and glorious platform. Um, I am very privileged to minister God's Word to all of us. God richly bless you and increase you in every aspect of your life. And I pray for an infinite. In this ministry, in every angle, I 
The mechanism of salvation. The mechanism of salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. So, when you read the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, which is a, a, a very common verse of scripture, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, it is very, very imperative to note that John didn't say eternal life, but he said everlasting life. Now, I know that some versions of the Bible and some conditions um, normally equate uh, eternal life to everlasting life, but that is not the case. Um, there is a huge difference um, between eternal life and everlasting life. Eternal life is a life that has no beginning and no ending. But everlasting life is a life that has a beginning but no ending. So God is eternal. And so the life at work in Him is eternal. So God has eternal life because he himself is eternal. But when God gives life to a man, that life is everlasting. So when a believer believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus, he receives everlasting life. The moment he receives Christ into his heart, he receives everlasting life because the God kind of life began the moment he received Christ into his spirit. Hallelujah. And so the life of God had a starting point. And so when a believer receives Christ, the life of God has a starting point. But then it has no end. And so angels, the life that they have are also everlasting because there was a time that God created them. So that was the starting point of the life of God at work in them. So it is everlasting life. And so everlasting life is a life that has a beginning but has no ending. But then eternal life is a life that has no beginning and no ending. And so when you believe in the begotten Son of God, what you receive is not eternal life but everlasting life because your life began the very moment you received Christ. The life of God in you began to work in you the very moment you received Christ. Hallelujah. And so let's go back to John 3.16. He says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him, that whosoever believed in the begotten son should not perish. So the verse of scripture makes us understand that for one to receive everlasting life, he must first believe in the begotten Son of God. So the question that we must ask ourselves is, what must we believe in the begotten Son to be born again? Because John makes us understand that for you to have everlasting life, you must first believe in the begotten Son 
of God. So what about the begotten sons? Must one believe in to be born again? It is very important for us to note that Islam and other religions believe in Jesus. It is not only Christians who believe in Jesus. Other religions like Islam also believe in Jesus. The Bible says that even the devils believe and they tremble. So Islam and other religions, they believe in Jesus. But sadly, they only believe in him as a prophet. And that does not actually get them born again because you must believe in him as the begotten son of God. And the Islamic people or Islamic religion don't perceive Jesus Christ as the begotten son of God. They only perceive him to be a prophet, a higher prophet, a, a higher prophet than Muhammad. Hallelujah. And so if someone claims that he is saved because he believes in Jesus, he might not be actually saved. Because, because the reason why I'm saying is you must first analyze the content of the of that person's belief system to ascertain whether the person is saved or not. So if the content of your belief system is right, then surely what you confess to would, would be right. Because the word of God makes us understand that we are saved by grace through faith. And faith is a matter of believing and speaking. And so when you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, Apostle Paul makes us understand that we all, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So based on this verse of scripture, we understand that faith is speaking your belief. That makes your belief system very, very important because you speak your belief. So that is why the content of your belief, the content of your belief is very important when it comes to your salvation. Hallelujah. And so when you read the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the hearts, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the hearts, the mouth speaketh. So the heart, Apostle Paul makes us understand that the heart is for believing, whereas the mouth is, con is for confession. So when you read the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So this tells us that faith is a matter of believing and speaking. You believe with your heart and you, and you and confess with your mouth. Hallelujah. And so your belief system is very, very important. If you believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then whatever that you confess would also be right. So there is a one-to-one -one map when it comes to believing and speaking on the map when you want to be saved, then your believing about the son about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
must also go with your speaking. And that is faith. Because faith is speaking your belief. Hallelujah. And so, when Jesus came to the earth plane, he accomplished two chief works with regards to salvation. The first one is his death. And the second one is his resurrection. The death of Jesus Christ brought about redemption, which in turn led to the forgiveness of sins of mankind. And so, when you read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And so, the death of Jesus brought about redemption, which in turn led to the forgiveness of sins, so that we can now participate in the riches of God's grace by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so, the death of Jesus Christ handled the sins of mankind. And so, it is not a wonder that John makes us understand in 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, that, and you, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. So John makes us understand that Jesus Christ was manifested to take away our sins. And this now tells us, how was he manifested to take away our sins? It was by shedding his blood on the cross. The shedding of the blood on the cross brought about the forgiveness of sins. So the blood handled the matter of sins. And, and, in, and sins in this context refers to your the act of sin. The act of sin. What, what man commits? The act of sin. So Jesus was manifested, according to John, was manifested to take away our sins by shedding his blood on the cross, which in turn brought about the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Now, this same John expressly asserts in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 29, that John the Baptist, upon seeing Jesus, he declared that, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This is quite different from what John said in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, where he said that he was manifested to take away our sins. Because in this case, he was talking about the act of sin. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse 29, where John the Baptist, upon seeing Jesus, he declared that Jesus Christ was a lamb that came to take away the sin of the world. The sin here speaks of the nature of sin, the Adamic sin. That made us all sinners. So it was, it was, it was, the, it was the nature of sin that was implanted in the spirit of man by reason of Adam's disobedience. And so when you read the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 19, the Apostle Paul makes us understand 
that for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. And this nature of sin, which is called the sin, was rectified by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So when Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, he gave us a new nature. That is the nature of righteousness. Hallelujah. So the nature of sin was then replaced with the nature of what? Righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, when you read the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 18, Apostle Paul makes us understand that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us that are saved it is the power of god the power of the cross lies in the preaching of it the power of the cross lies in the preaching of it it produces the conviction to appreciate for for us to appreciate the death of jesus christ and its benefits which is the forgiveness of sins, which I already asserted in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, where I said that, then Apostle Paul said that, in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. The death of Jesus Christ and the benefit that accompanied the death of Jesus Christ, which is the forgiveness of sins. So the cross is a place of death. Beloved, you must understand that the cross is not a place of, of rejoicing. It's very sad to hear people, especially Christians, believers, compose songs about the cross and they, and they will be like, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. The cross is not a place of rejoicing. Yes, the cross has its benefit, and the benefit of the cross is the forgiveness of sins. But the cross actually is a place of death. It's a place of suffering. It's a place of shame. Hallelujah. It's a place where you die to yourself. Hallelujah. And so, the cross... So it is wrong for you to say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Because the cross was just a means to an end and not an end in itself. Now, let's go to the second chief work that Jesus Christ accomplished on the matter of salvation. And that is the resurrection. So if we now understand the essence of the death of Jesus, the benefits that accompanied it and the benefit was the forgiveness of sins he brought about the forgiveness of sins by reason of us redemption he brought about forgiveness of sins now let's go to resurrection now the death of jesus christ does not get you born again sometimes you can ask a believer ask him are you born again he or she will say yes and give you the reason that because Jesus Christ died for me, I am saved. That is biblically wrong. The death of Jesus Christ does not get you born again. I repeat, the death of Jesus Christ does not get you born again. What gets you born again is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
How do I know? Apostle Peter makes us understand in the book of First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible said, Happy and blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his abundant mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He said, we are born again by the heart, unto an ever-living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what gets you born again is not the death of Jesus Christ, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you are born again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is why it was very important for Jesus Christ to resurrect. If Jesus Christ had not resurrected, yes, your sins are forgiven because of the death of Jesus Christ. But the nature of sin, which is the sin, which makes you a sinner, will still be there. So you would be a sinner whose sins have been forgiven, who would still continue to sin because the nature of sin in man propels him to sin against God always. The reason why we sin against God is because of a certain nature of sin. Apostle Paul calls it the law of sin and death. It is a law that is at work in man to propel him to sin against God, to propel him to go against the demands of God. And so what gets man born again is not the death of Jesus Christ. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was why it was very important for Jesus Christ to resurrect. It was very, very crucial. And that was what was the that was the end of salvation. That was the end of salvation. So that was what Jesus Christ was looking at on the matter of salvation, that he would resurrect so that he would come to a place where we will now be a partaker of the divine nature of God. Hallelujah. By the born again experience. So the one who is born again has gone through the cross to resurrection. And does not need the message of the preaching of the cross to be preached to him. So the preaching of the cross is being preached to the unbelievers. It's preached to the world because they're the ones who are perishing. So until they receive the preaching of the cross, they cannot even partake of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Very, very important. So the believer has gone or has passed through the cross to the to the resurrection. So what he now has to concern himself is not the death of Jesus Christ, but then for him to know and experience the power and the blessings of the resurrection that is at work in him by means of the born-again experience. So the believer is supposed to now focus on the blessings and the power of the resurrection that is at work in him. Now, when you read the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 10, Apostle Paul makes us understand that he said, that I may know him and the power of the resurrection 
to the resurrection has power. The preaching of the cross has power. The resurrection too has power. The preaching of the cross is able to, to convict a man to be able to appreciate the death of Jesus Christ so that he can now assume the benefit of the forgiveness of sins. But then, when the believer has gone through the cross to resurrection, his focus is the power of the resurrection and, the, and to, to be able to understand the power of resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. So, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Very, very important. Very, very important. So the cross is behind the born-again believer because he is seated in Christ in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. And Christ too is also seated on the throne of the Father. So he is no longer hanging on the cross. So Jesus Christ is no longer hanging on the cross. We are no longer at the cross. We have now gone through the cross. We have now assumed resurrection. And what we must focus on is the power of the resurrection. It's for us to now understand and appreciate the power of the resurrection. Hallelujah. So when you read the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, Apostle Paul makes us understand that which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So we are no longer at the cross. We are now set at the right hand of God in heavenly, pla- in heavenly places. So we shouldn't be singing songs like, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Even when we are about to eat, you see uh, people, um, they, um, you see them, um, and join the cross as a sign of as a sign of they believe that their uh, their food is sanctified. I, I don't know where they get all of these um, understanding from, because um, as far as the Bible is concerned, the cross is a place of death. The cross is a place of shame. The cross is a place of disappointment. And so, you should, you, should, you, should, you should not enjoy to be at the cross, but then you should, your focus should be at the resurrection and to be able to experience the blessings that accompany the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, when you read the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus made a very profound statement. He said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Very, very profound statement and assertion. He said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, one, and two, take up his cross and follow me. So, first, so we already know what the cross is symbolizes or speaks of so what does it mean to deny yourself what does it mean to deny yourself to deny yourself means to sacrifice your desires that is the last of the flesh the last of the eyes and the pride of life you must be ready to sacrifice all of them 
as evidence in the book of first john chapter 2 verse 16 it speaks concerning the last of the flesh the last of the eyes and the pride of life you must deny yourself with regards to the last of the flesh the last of the eyes and the pride of life <clears throat> so now jesus continues to say that he should now take up his cross remember that he didn't say take uh, he should take up my cross he didn't say he should take up my cross he says he should take up his cross this lets us know that each and every believer has his or her own cross in his Christian life and that cross can be shame can be disgrace can be disappointment for the sake of the kingdom for the sake of the ministry so far as you have signed that you have signed that contract to to allow god to allow jesus christ to be the lord of your life you are definitely going to go through persecutions you are definitely going to go through hard times you are definitely going to go through predicaments you are definitely going to go through difficult situations and that symbolizes the cross because the cross is a place of pain it's a place of death it's a place of disappointment it's a place of predicament that is that is what the cross symbolizes and so you must be ready to die to yourself that is what it means so to take up your cross means that you must be ready to die to yourself you must be ready to die to yourself now apostle paul makes a very interesting divine ascension in the book of first corinthians chapter 15 verse 31 first corinthians chapter 15 verse 31 he said i protest by your rejoicing which i have in christ jesus our lord i die daily this is apostle paul after receiving the new birth after receiving the god kind of life he said i die daily that is this that is what the cross means that is to, to say i take up my cross and flow jesus i die daily beloved of god for you to flow jesus if you if you are serious about flowing jesus you must be ready to die daily not one day not two days daily every day you must be ready to die daily you must be ready to die to yourself you must be ready to die to your identity your your identity must be dissolved in christ your will must be submitted to christ you must be ready to die daily you should not have a will when it comes to god the bible says in the book of romans chapter 12 verse 2 he says do not be conformed to the patterns of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that he may prove that which is good acceptable and perfect will of god when you die daily you must you must be ready to embrace the good will of god the acceptable will of god and the perfect will of god your life is all about the will the will of god this is what jesus said father not my will but your will be done that your will be done 
not my will, but your will be done. So we must be ready to die daily. Apostle Paul again makes a very interesting statement in Divine Ascension in the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says that I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is about dying to yourself. You don't live anymore. It's it's all about Christ. So when people see you, they don't have to see you as Akusia, as Amma, as Ebenezer, as Daniel. When they see you, they must see Christ. Your identity must be dissolved in Christ. You must be crucified with Christ and come to the place where your identity is now dissolved in Christ, where Christ is now taking charge of your life. You see, when you believe and you confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you, 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 you accept that Jesus should be the Lord of your life. Jesus is expecting you to practicalize it in your life. He's expecting you to actually hand everything over to him because he's the Lord of your life. But many a time, we just do whatever that we like and we claim that he's the Lord of our life. Is a lot of our lives. Meanwhile, that is not the case. That is not the case at all. He should be the Lord over your life. He should be the master over your life. You should come to the place where it is not you again. It's all about Christ. It's all about the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and the perfect will of God for my life. Hallelujah. So, as a Christian or as a born again believer, you must die to the extent that when people see you, they only see Christ. People must start addressing you as Christ. When people see, see you, they must start addressing you as Christ. Because whatever that you do is a depiction of his character. It's a depiction of his image. Remember the Bible says that we are created in the image of God. And if you understand what the image of God is, the Bible says that the image of God is Jesus Christ. I also that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. And so from the onset, from the onset of creation, Adam was created in the image of Christ. So Adam was a son of God, was created in the image of Christ. Paul makes, makes us understand that Adam was a representation of Christ who was here to come. So Adam was created in the image of Christ, but Adam lost it. Eve was also the Bible says that God took the rib of Adam and made Eve. The word made, the Hebrew word of made here is to build. Eve was built. And it is the church that is built. The Bible says that I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. So both so Adam was a typology of Christ who was yet to come. Eve too was also a typology of the church which was yet to come. So from the onset, we have been a typology of of Christ. We are, we are the image of Christ. But Adam messed up. And now Jesus has rectified everything. The Bible says that he's reconciling everything back to himself. Not imputing their trespass against them. So Jesus is on the move 
of us of reconciling everything back to himself so that we come to the place where it, it will be all about Christ. We can reveal Christ. The Bible says that if he be Christ, then he are Abraham's seed. So we are Christ because we are the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. So when you read the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says that, Let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify God which is in heaven. Works. And they know that you are the one who did it. <laughs> you see, when your life, when Christ takes hold of your life, whatever that you do, would be attributed to God. Whatever that you do would be attributed to God. So when people see your good works, they will know that behind the scene, this works, the 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 um, signature on those works are not your works, but it is the works of the Father. And so when people see your good works, they will give glory to God because they know that it was it was not you who did it. It was Christ, it was the Father that did it. Hallelujah. And so we must come to the place where Christ takes absolute control over every aspect of our lives. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to go, I want us to advance further. I want us to go uh, into the blood. Into the blood. Since we are talking about the Passover, I want us to go into the blood. There are three compositions or three compositions of the blood. The three composition of the blood. The first one is the blood of Jesus, and the second one is the blood of Jesus Christ. The third one is the blood of Christ. Beloved of God, they are not the same. The blood of Jesus Christ is not the same as the blood of Jesus of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ is not the same as the blood of Christ. I believe that. At the end of this meeting, we would gain full comprehension about the blood, what the blood really is, and the composition of the blood. Now, the blood. So let's now take the blood of Jesus, since it since it is the first one. Let's now take the blood of Jesus and handle the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Jesus actually in the Bible, when you see Jesus. It's speaking about the Son of Man. Jesus is the Savior of the world. The people around him were familiar with the name Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. They even addressed him as Jesus, the son of the carpenter, and the brother of James and of Joseph. So Jesus, the people around him were familiar with the name Jesus. But they were not familiar with the name Christ or Jesus the Christ. It was a mystery. It, when you read the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, the Bible makes us understand that, is, that Apostle Peter declared by the inspiration of the Father that Jesus is Christ, is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, he says that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So they didn't know, it was a mystery, they didn't know that he was the Christ or he was Christ. All that they know was that he was Jesus. 
the son of man. And so in the Bible, when, when you see Jesus, he's speaking about the son of man. He's speaking about God being in the form of flesh. So he's speaking about Jesus as the son of man. So the blood of Jesus now is the blood that was shed on the cross. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ went to the cross and shed the blood of Jesus, which is the Son of Man. So the blood of Jesus was the Jesus as the Son of Man who shed his blood on the cross, which brought about redemption by reason of forgiveness of sins, as we have already indicated in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. That's the death and the shedding of the blood. the forgiveness of sins so the blood of jesus accomplished redemption it brought about redemption which led to the forgiveness of sins so all our sins were forgiven by reason of the blood of jesus not the blood of jesus christ or the blood of christ the blood of jesus handled the matter of sins of our sins hallelujah and so when, when Jesus Christ, when Jesus, when he resurrected from the dead and was now declared as Lord over all things, the Bible says that he, he the Bible says that he being Lord, he defeated death. He defeated death. He conquered death. He conquered the enemy, death. Death. He conquered the enemy, death. Remember. And said that in the book of Revelation that death would be destroyed. So death is defeated, but death is not destroyed. There's a difference between the two. Death is defeated, but death would be destroyed. Actually, death is a being. And also, and resurrection is a being. Bible said that Jesus Christ is the, the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life so resurrection is a person so when we talk of and resurrection we are, we are looking at a personality here so when we talk of death we're looking at a personality we're looking at a person a being and that is for that is for another time we will tackle it one day one day when i'm given the opportunity to minister again on this precious platform so let's proceed so jesus christ was declared Lord over all things, he defeated death by reason of his resurrection. He defeated death, and that is settled. So now, in the Old Testament, when the high priest sacrificed the lamb, it was shed at the brazen altar. You see, the brazen altar was at the altar court. So the high priest, when he sacrificed the lamb, the lamb was shed. The, the blood of the lamp was shed at the brazen altar. And now a bull was used to collect some of the shed blood. And that blood was collected in was collected and divided into two. So this is what happened. So in the Old Testament, the high priest, when he had to sacrifice, when, when he had to sacrifice a lamb to atone for the sins of the people of Israel, he sacrificed the lamb on the brazen altar. Which was at the which at which was at the altar court, and he got a bull 
now was used to collect some of the shed blood and he divided the bowl into two the blood into two so that was it so one was at the brazen altar and he took some of the shed blood and he divided it into two hallelujah so there was the shedding of the blood of the lamb on the brazen altar and there was the collection of the shed blood of the lamb for the purpose of taking the blood to the most holy place and to the holy place so the reason why he divided the shed blood that was that was on the brazen altar was because he had to now present one blood to the most holy place and now come back to the holy place and also sprinkle the blood on the items in the in the holy place hallelujah and so um, what all that I'm all that I'm saying is, is in the book of Leviticus chapter 16 and, and chapter 17. When you have time, you can read about it. But for the sake of time, I would want to um, go on. So now the blood that was shed at the brazen altar was collected, and it was collected for the purpose of obtaining mercy, not at the brazen altar, but on the mercy seat in the most holy place. Okay. So that was that was what happened. So one was collected, that was which had to be poured on the mercy seat to procure mercy for us, to procure justification for us. Okay. In the most holy place. And now the high priest now had to come to the holy place and now take the other blood because there were two bloods who were divided into two. He had to take the second blood and sprinkle the blood on the items, on the finishes. On the items in the holy place because there were items in the holy place and we will get there soon so now jesus christ on the cross was was the slain son of god he was the son of sorry he was the slain son of man okay so jesus christ on the cross was jesus as the son of man so he shed his blood on the cross and that blood brought about the forgiveness of sins so that blood that was shed on the cross he didn't shed all by reason of pouring everything on the cross but he carried some into the most holy place and the holy place hallelujah so when jesus christ resurrected he told mary not to touch him because he was the high priest and had to go to the holy sacred place to present his blood to the father and so when we read the book of john chapter 20 verse 17 John chapter 20 verse 17 Jesus said to Mary don't touch me for I have not yet ascended to the Father but but go to my brothers and say to them I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God so Jesus Christ when he shed his blood on the cross he didn't shed all of his blood on the cross he took some so that he can now present one because in the old testament there were the blood was divided into two after the the lamb after the blood of the lamb has been shed on the brazen on the brazen altar the high priest now took some of the shed blood and divided it into two and the high priest now had to now take it to the most holy place to pour the blood on the mercy seat to procure mercy for us and justification for us and now had to come back or step back to the holy place to not sprinkle the blood on the items. So this is what Jesus Christ was doing. 
after shedding his blood on the cross, he now had to now present his blood by ascending to the Father. Okay, he now has to now present his blood before the Father by ascending to heaven. So he said, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. So Jesus Christ ascended twice. Jesus, he as he 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 ascended twice. The first ascension was John chapter 20, verse 17, of which, are, of which we have just read, where he said, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. And the second ascension took place in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 12, where he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Glory be to God. So, beloved of God, so I want us to go back to the first ascension. So now we now understand that there were two ascensions. So let us go back to the first ascension where he saw Mary and told him that he shouldn't touch him for he had to now present himself to the Father. So, so that was the first part of the blood that was divided into two. He had to now present the blood to the most holy place. Okay. So that it will be acceptable to God. So because he had to now present his blood to the most holy place and also to the holy place. So he had to now, so when he was ascending to heaven, the motive was to present the blood to the most holy place and to the holy place. Just as in the Old Testament, the high priest um, he presents the he presents the blood by pouring. The blood on the mercy seat to procure mercy for us and he steps back to the holy place and sprinkle the blood on the items in the holy place hallelujah so in the old testament when the high priest got into the holy place he left a part of his blood in the holy place and took the other part of the blood and entered into the most holy place this because the blood was divided into two so after he had now going to pour the blood on the mercy seat in the most holy place and have now procured mercy for us and justification for us he now comes back to the holy place takes the next cup of blood and sprinkles the blood on the item in the holy place and steps back to the outer courts and sprinkles the blood on the people please take notice of Please take note of what I'm saying here. So after he going to the most holy place to pour the blood on the mercy seat to procure mercy and justification for us, he steps back to the holy place and now takes the second cup of the blood and sprinkles it on the items in the holy place and also comes back again to the outer court and sprinkles the blood on the people. That is why we have the blood of sprinkling. The blood of sprinkling. That is why we have the blood of sprinkling. So the blood of sprinkling is different from the blood that has been shed on the cross. Their functions are different. Because the blood that has been shed on the brazen altar, some of them, some was now taken and divided into two. And one was taken to the most holy place, poured on the mercy seat. He steps back to the holy place, spring it on, he now am sprinkling it on the items in the in the holy place, and now steps back again to the outer court, and now sprinkle the blood on the people. Hallelujah. So we must understand the um, technicalities that is used here. 
So where was um, Jesus' blood shed? His blood was shed on the cross. Jesus' blood was shed on the cross. Where was um, Jesus' blood poured? His blood was poured on the mercy seat in the most holy place. That was about mercy and justification. That is why we are able to now enter into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy. We are able to enter into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy because the high priest, when Jesus Christ poured the blood, that is his blood, on the mercy seat to procure for us mercy and justification so that we will not have or feel guilty when we are approaching the presence of God. Hallelujah. And so, the blood that was, that was shed on the cross was the blood of Jesus. The blood that was poured was poured on the mercy seat. And the blood that was um, sprinkled was sprinkled on the items in the holy place. Hallelujah. So, um, Jesus' blood was sprinkled on the holy place. And it was the... It was and sprinkled on the items in the holy place, and that is where the position of the church is. Remember that in the holy place, there is the there are items in the holy place. There is the um, seven candlesticks. There, that is the um, menorah. That is the church. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the church. When you read the book of um, Revelation chapter one verse twenty, the Bible says that the mystery of the seven golden candlesticks is the mystery of the seven churches. So the seven golden candlesticks that was evident in the holy place was the church. So the church was in the holy place. Hallelujah. So what else was in the holy place? The altar of fellowship, the showbread, the wine, which is the communion. Hallelujah. So the blood of Jesus was shed on the cross. It was not sprinkled. It was not put on the mercy seat. The blood of Jesus was shed on the cross that procured for us the forgiveness of sins by reason of redemption so that we can now participate in the riches of god's grace as evident in um, ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. so let's ask go to the second one the blood of jesus christ so we now understand what the blood of jesus is that the blood of jesus is a blood that is shed on the cross now, the blood of Jesus. What is the blood of Jesus? Now, let's read the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. The Bible says that, But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So, Jesus Christ is our advocate. Hallelujah. He is our advocate. He says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Now, when you read the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you must understand that any sin that you committed that you didn't know about or you were not aware of, the Bible says that yours, you have been forgiven. Any sin that you are not aware of 
or any any action that you did that you that you were not aware that there was a sin the word of, of god makes us understand that by the blood of jesus our sins have been forgiven our sins have been forgiven so we have been forgiven so you can commit a sin and not even know that it, it it's a sin so we only confess our the sins that we know okay so so we only confess the sin that we, we you can't confess the sin that you don't know because um confessed or to confess comes from the greek word homologio homologio which means to identify to name and identify and to admit that you are wrong that is to confess it comes from the greek word homologio which means to name and identify and admit that you are wrong so if you you got if you commit a sin that you're not aware of how can you confess so you cannot confess a sin that you're not aware of and the word of god is telling us that it has been taken care of so you realize that jesus said on the cross that father forgive them because they don't know what they are doing he, he already said it said father forgive them for they don't know what they are doing so any sin that you that you commit that you don't know what you are doing that you, you're not aware of or you, or you have no idea of the bible says that you have been forgiven okay you have been forgiven so anything that you commit that you don't know that it was a sin you have already been forgiven so and this is effective and this is only effective by first john chapter 1 verse 7 first john chapter 1 verse 7 so um the bible says makes a very in a profound statement he said that if we walk in the light the mechanism of sal- we are treating the mechanism of salvation we are going deeper into salvation hallelujah so first john chapter 1 verse 7 the bible said that if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin so you see that there is the blood of jesus and there's the blood of jesus christ and the blood of jesus christ is his duty is to cleanse us from all sin so any sin that you are aware of or that you're not aware of the blood of jesus christ takes care of it for you hallelujah so god does not expect you to be in this christian life sin has been taken care of god does not expect you to feel guilty feel remorseful because they are they will actually beset you bible said that we are running a race we have to win the prize okay the matter of sin has been dealt with you must you must advance you must advance in god there are so many riches and spiritual blessings that god wants us to assume but most of the times the devil makes makes us feel guilty as if our whatever that we do is not pleasing and it's not acceptable and god is angry with us and god is not willing to even listen to our prayers but that is not the case he says the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin hallelujah so why does he say if we walk in the light you see because in the outer court there is no light in the outer court when you take the 
tabernacle, there is no light in the outer court. There is no light in the most holy place. There is there is only light in the holy place because that is where the menorah is. That is where the items are. The menorah is is located in the holy place. And the menorah speaks of the church. Okay, so so because the light, so because the light that we walk in is not the light, it's, it's, it's not the light of the outer court, it's not the light of the most holy place, but it is the light that is in the holy place. Okay, so the only place where there is light is the holy, holy uh, the, is the holy place. Okay, so that is where the light of God is. So that is where he said the candlesticks are. Hallelujah. So we are in this light. And we are walking in this light, which is the church age, because the menorah speaks of the church. So we, so we are in the we are in this light, and we are walking in this light. We are walking in the light of God. So the so the church age is the age of the light. That is why the Bible says that we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. When when Jesus, when Jesus Christ was on earth, he was the light of the world. But then when he left. He said that now you are the light you are the light of the world so we are in the church age where we are supposed to let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and glorify god which is in heaven hallelujah so if we walk in the light as he is also in the light how come he he is also in the in the light he is in the light because he is our high priest and this thing this activity is going on in the holy place so jesus christ is also in the light because jesus christ is our high priest who is also in the holy place because he has to now sprinkle the blood on the items in the holy place and that includes the menorah that is the church that is why he is in the light as we are in the light so that's that we have fellowship with one another so where is the table of fellowship it's in the holy place so everything is happening in the holy place the altar uh, the prayer the uh, and, and the table of fellowship the communion the show everything is happening in the holy place so that's where the fellowship is is taking place hallelujah so you can soon to see that we have fellowship with one another okay so because of the altar of in it's, it's because of the golden altar or the or the altar of incense and the and the table of fellowship the, the show bread and the wine is a depiction of fellowship because the communion is 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 fellowship it's a typology of of the of we having the fellowship with with jesus christ and also um, the table of fellowship is also a sign a symbol of me having fellowship with jesus christ so we have fellowship in the holy place and that is where the light is that's where the menorah is hallelujah so that is why Apostle Paul could see that our fellowship is in the bread and the blood. Okay, that is why Apostle Paul could now make that bold statement because he understood that we are in the holy place and Jesus Christ is our high priest in that holy place and he's sprinkling the blood on the items or in the holy place so we are in the light as he is in the light and because both of us are in the light we now have fellowship with one another okay so he's not so he is not talking about 
the blood that was shed on the cross or the blood that was poured on the mercy seat in the most holy place but he was talking about the blood that was being sprinkled in the most holy place hallelujah the most sorry in the holy place in the holy place so the blood was now sprinkled in the holy place so in the mercy seat the blood was poured on the mercy seat to procure mercy for us in the holy place the, the blood was sprinkled in the on the items in the holy place and now the high priest now goes back to the outer court and now sprinkle the rest of the blood on the people mm. hallelujah so so that is why it is time for people to say that um, they soak themselves in the blood we, in 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 our christian life we don't soak ourselves in the blood there is it is not biblical we don't soak ourselves in the blood the bible says that we can only wash our garments in the blood okay so we don't soak ourselves in the blood Okay, when you read the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, and Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, Bible said that, and blessed are those who wash their garments or their robes in the blood of the Lamb, that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in by the gate into the city. So, we don't soak ourselves in the blood, but the blood what we do is we actually am sprinkled by the blood the sprinkling of the blood is very potent people think that when you sprinkle the blood on people it's not potent it, uh, what is what is actually potent is when you are when you soak yourself in the blood <laughs> when you soak yourself in the blood but that is not the case that is not the case at all the sprinkling of the blood is very very potent so we don't soak ourselves in the blood rather we wash our garments in the blood of the lamb as evident in revelation chapter 22 verse 14. so let's go back to and um, first john chapter 1 verse 7. so at this moment we have fellowship in the holy place bible says so if we are in the light as he is in the light then we have fellowship with one another so this fellowship is taking place in the holy in the holy place okay because we are walking in the light of the menorah, which is the candlesticks. So John continues to say that, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us. He didn't say, and the blood of Jesus, or the blood of Christ. But he said, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us. Hallelujah. Okay. And note that he also didn't say the blood of Jesus Christ and cleansed us. It is not in the past tense. Because there was a blood of Jesus that and cleansed us. But the blood of Jesus Christ is always cleansing us. It's automatically cleansing us. Always. So the difference between the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus Christ is that the blood of Jesus and cleansed us but the blood of jesus christ is cleansing us always okay it's cleansing us always and cleansing us from the sins that we are aware of or we are not even aware of the blood of jesus christ is taking care of those is, is taking care of all of those things 
okay so it was not it was not enough for jesus christ to die on the cross he had to now go into the holy, most holy place to do the needful thing come back to the holy place to do the needful thing and also come to the altar court to do the needful thing otherwise what jesus christ did on the cross he had to be doing this year in and year year, year out okay he had to be doing this every year yearly okay so for the for the for the chief work of god that is his death and his resurrection to be and perfected and to be sealed he has to now present his blood to the father in the most holy place by pouring his blood on the mercy seat to obtain mercy for us so that we can now come boldly to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace in times of need and also come back to the holy place sprinkle the and the blood on the items in the holy place and also and steps back to the outer court and sprinkle the blood on the people and the rest of the blood on the people okay so how does this cleansing take place because the bible says that this um, the blood of jesus christ cleanses us from all sins so how does this cleansing take place it is placed by the sprinkling of the blood because everything is happening in the holy place and i've, I've already told you that in the holy place the blood is sprinkled the blood is not shed the blood is not poured the blood is sprinkled on the items in the holy place so the blood of sprinkling now takes care of our sins the sins that we are aware of the sins that we're not aware of the blood of jesus christ takes care of it so we are under the blood of sprinkling of jesus christ hallelujah so how so so however if you are aware of the sins you committed you don't actually need to call on the blood okay if you are conscious of the sins that you have committed you don't have to call on the blood you don't have to ask for you don't have to ask for forgiveness Please listen to me very carefully when you are aware and you are conscious of, of of your sins okay you don't have to call on the blood you don't have to ask for forgiveness because there is automatic sprinkling of the blood on you so what you have to do is to receive forgiveness of sins because the sprinkling of the blood automatically cleanses you from all sin so you don't beg God for forgiveness. It's an insult with, with regards to this, the work of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a big insult. You are actually defeating the very essence of and the purpose of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we don't beg God for forgiveness of sins. We don't ask for forgiveness of sins we don't call on the blood but what we do is to we receive forgiveness of sins because the sprinkling of the blood is automatically cleansing us from all sin hallelujah so we have understood that the blood of jesus is shed on the cross the blood of jesus christ takes place in the holy place where it is now um, sprinkled on us, on the items in the holy place. And now the high priest now um, steps back 
to the outer court and sprinkle the rest of the blood on the people. And so the blood of, of Jesus Christ is the blood of sprinkling, which takes care of the things that you are aware of and, that, and the things that you are not aware of. The blood of Jesus Christ handles it. Now let's go to the blood of Christ. Let's go to the blood of Christ. Now, the blood of Christ, Bible said that it is the cup of blessing. The blood of Christ is the cup of blessing. So the blood of Christ is where we derive our blessings from. So we can make boldly assertion that I receive divine health from the blood of Christ. I receive money from the blood of Christ. It is biblical because the blood of Christ is the cup of blessing. We so you see, the blood of Jesus is not the cup of blessing. Take note, the blood of Jesus is not the cup of blessing. The blood of Jesus Christ is not the cup of blessing. It is the blood of Christ that is the cup of blessing. So that is where we derive our blessings from. So that is where we can now make bold confessions by reason of our feet that we receive divine health from the blood of Christ. We receive money from the blood of Christ. We receive prosperity from the blood of Christ. We receive peace, sound mind from the blood of Christ. What blood are we talking about? It is the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ. So the blood of Christ is not just for confession of our, you see, it's not just for confession of our sin, of, of our blessings. We don't just confess um, our blessings by reason of the blood of of Christ, but um, we also drink it. Okay, we don't just employ the blood of Christ by just confessing our blessings, since it is a cup of blessing. It is not. It, it doesn't just take care of our blessings. It doesn't just handle our, our blessings. It doesn't just handle our riches. But then the blood of Christ is supposed to drink. We are supposed to drink the blood of Christ. We're supposed to take the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. We're supposed to take the blood of Christ. Now, when you read the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 16. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 16. The Bible says that the cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not the participation of the blood of Christ? So, the cup of blessing, which we bless, it is our fellowship, it is our participation of the blood of Christ. So the blood of Christ is where we derive our blessings from, is where we derive our prosperity from, and we are supposed to partake of it. As we partake of it, we are partaking of God's divine nature. The Bible says that we are partakers of his divine nature. So as we partake of the blood of Christ, we are partaking of the very nature of God in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. So the cup of blessing is not our participation in the blood of Jesus or the participation in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is a participation in the blood of Christ because we have already gone through the cross and we have now and we are now in the church age where mercy has been now procured for us. Where mercy has been now procured for us and we can now boldly come to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy. Okay, my time is running out, so I have to now summarize everything. Okay, so um, let's read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. 
the Bible says that how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So the blood of Christ is offered to God. It is not offered at the cross. It is not shed at the cross. It is not um, sprinkled in the holy in the holy place. It is offered to God where in the most holy place. That is what Jesus told Mary that I have to. I'm going to my father and your father and to your God and my God. I'm going to present myself to God, who is my father, and to present my blood to Him, my blood before Him, to be acceptable in his sight hallelujah so the blood he says how much more hebrews 9 14 how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without support to god purge your conscience from dead works to the seven to seven the living god so the blood of and christ does not just handle the blessings of the believer but it also handles the service of the believer, the worship of the believer. It purges your conscience. Why does it, why does it purges your conscience? It purges your conscience so that you don't have the consciousness of sin. It purges your conscience so that you don't have the consciousness of sin. Hallelujah. So the blood, what is sin consciousness? You see, when we talk of sin consciousness, we are not talking about the, con- the conscience uh, your con- where, your, where your conscience tells you that you have sinned or you are not sinned. We are talking about a conscience that makes our work acceptable before God. Or that makes our work measured up before God. Okay? And that is sin consciousness. Sin consciousness takes place when you feel like your worship and your service is not um, pleasing before God. It's not worthy. It's not qualified before God. That is sin consciousness. And the blood of Christ purges your conscience so that your works would measure up before God, so that your works would be acceptable before God. Beloved of God, all that I have done today, all that I have done today for the sake of the kingdom will still not be imperfect in the sight of God, will still not measure up to the standard of God until it is applied with the blood of Christ. It is the blood of Christ that would, by reason of mercy, help help my work to measure up to the standard of God so that my ministration would be acceptable before God. So whatever that we do in in our Christian life, there, there will be imperfections because there will be an inner voice that will be telling you that you didn't do it in the way that God actually planned for you to do it. So what the blood of Christ does is that it handles your conscience so that you won't feel guilty that you didn't do it in accordance with the word of God or in accordance with the perfect word of God. Okay, so that is what the blood of Christ does. It spreads your conscience so that your work will be acceptable before God. Hallelujah. And for the sake of time, let me go um, to the importance of salvation so that we can end the service so the first one is by um, salvation help us to gain access to god's power 
He offers to gain access to God's power. When you read the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible said that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. So we are able to gain access to God's power by reason of salvation. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 also informs us that we receive power by reason of us, the Holy Ghost, and that is when we are saved. Okay, so the second point is we also have access to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy. So when you read the book of four, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says that, we, that let us come boldly to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace in times of need. So we, we, in, we don't beg for mercy. We don't beg for mercy, we don't ask for mercy, we obtain it because the high priest has entered into the most holy place and has poured his blood on the mercy seat and has procured for us mercy. And so we come boldly to obtain mercy and to find grace in times of need. Hallelujah. The third one is that we have access to the presence of God. We have access to his presence to fellowship with him. We have access to his presence, to fellowship with him. Remember that um, the fellowship begin, um, begins in the holy place, because that is where the table of fellowship is. Okay, so the Bible says that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says that we fellowship with him in the light as he is in the light, and this takes place in the holy place, because that is where the menorah is. That is where the church is. Hallelujah. And the fourth one is um, salvation. By reason of salvation, we are able to measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So salvation helps us to measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. And First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 affirms it very well. The last one is we are able to gain access to all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So be glad that you are saved because there are so many benefits and opportunities for you and God expects you that you take advantage of these blessings and you grow into him. You come to the place of perfection where everyone, where everyone will see Christ in you. Where everyone will see Christ in you and where your where your identity would be dissolved in Christ and whatever that you do would showcase Christ in every aspect of your life. May God be with you and God bless you for also listening to me. I'm honored and I'm privileged. God will bless you so much. Take care. One of God, the platform is over to you. Oh God, I hand the platform over to you. I hand the platform over to you. God richly bless you so much. Man of God, for this great, great exposition of the word on the mechanism of salvation we are so blessed we are so enlightened 
today we are edified. Please, what do we say to Apostle Blessed? What do you say to? In prayer, I want to thank God for the word ministration. And grace to be doers. And not hearers only. That the word will profit us. I'll be able to access the blessings of doers. Grace to give ourselves holy. Grace to give ourselves holy. Bible says that our profiting may appear. strength and enabling to be able to exercise our willpowers unto doing to be doers Lord that we may escape the trap of deceit self-deceit by being hearers only Father we pray for grace in the name of Jesus, we pray for grace. We ask that you grant us more grace. Even as we position ourselves to receive more of this grace. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the enlightenment. Thank you for the administration of light. In the name of Jesus. A lamp unto our feet. The light unto our path. To see clearer, Lord. To see farther, Lord. To dispel darkness, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for the administration of grace to make us grounded and rooted in the faith 
deeper understanding of the mechanism of salvation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that your name is exalted tonight in our midst. Lord, we bless you for your spirit even in this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we welcome you, we thank you, we honor you, we adore you, and we continuously stand in awe of you, in awe of your goodness, in awe of your presence, in awe of your glory, in awe of your power. that every other blessing we need every other blessing we need Lord every other blessing we need Lord as willing obedient people Father, grant by your Holy Spirit. Grant us by your Holy Spirit. Grant us by your Holy Spirit. Grant us by your Holy Spirit. That we may eat of the good of the land. In the name of Jesus. against the 
thieves of your word. The thieves of your word. The cares that choke your word in our hearts, the fertile soils of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, that your word will grow and take shape. And help us conform even more and more to the image of your dear son, Lord. In the name of Jesus, every devourer of the seeds of your word. from your grace so that Lord he said I am what I am by the grace of God yet not I by the grace of God which was with me grace Lord grace Lord grace build our lives grace to build our vision grace to pattern our every thought intent of our hearts our every move after your will your perfect will and desires for our lives in the name of jesus for we understand that lord every house is built by some man but he he that builds all things is you he that builds all things is you he that builds all things is you Grace to build, O oh God. Grace to build, O oh God. Grace to walk in the manifestation of all calls, all the callings and the blessings and the giftings in and upon our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Spirit of the Living God. 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 Even as we leave this place, breathe. Breathe. Even freshly upon us. somebody right now in the name of Jesus the refreshing moment of your presence in the name of Jesus even as Jesus received from your excellent glory so have we come to receive from your excellent glory 
as partakers of your divine nature in the name of Jesus. By virtue of this fellowship of oneness, O oh God, O oh God. Refresh. Make whole. Refresh. Make whole. Ground and roots in the name of Jesus. Align, align perfectly in the name of Jesus. Send us help even from Zion in the name of Jesus. Send us more and more help from Zion in the name of Jesus. Even as we adopt the posture and the heart of people who are ready to receive in the name of Jesus. For our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help, Lord, is in your name. Our help is in your name. Our help, Lord, is in your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your word says they looked upon you, they looked unto you, and were enlightened, they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man crowd heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Lord, we look up to you. We look up to you. Lighten our faces, lift up our heads higher and higher, and let not our faces be ashamed in the name of Jesus. Many are the cries of the hearts of those that are connected tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Even as, oh God, your word says that, Lord, the, the poor man cried unto you, and you heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Lord, we pray that you hear our cries, the silent petitions of the hearts of many, even right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Even Father, as we depart, we know we are not departing from your presence, for you are everywhere. And we acknowledge that you are with us. But we ask, according to your word, that says that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. Let your angels continue to encamp around every life here in the name of Jesus. Every soul represented here right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every household represented here in the name of the Lord Jesus. That we may taste and see and testify that indeed you are good. And blessed is the man that trusted in you. Lord, we bless you. We worship. We give you glory. Take all glory, take all honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So we meet on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. This is Burning Ones. We are a family of faith in Christ Jesus. We are a Bible-believing people. We believe in 
the word of God, pure unadulterated teaching of the word of God, the ministry of prayer, and the Holy Spirit, the, the ministration of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Please, tomorrow, Wednesday, we shall be continuing our series on the anatomy of the cross. Anatomy of the cross. And the time we meet here on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and other unscheduled days, it's usually 22.30 GMT or UTC, 10.30 PM Ghana time or West Africa time. All our meetings are recorded live. So please pardon us for any hitches in the sounds. And please, even as you've listened, you've been blessed, share the podcast to bless a life. Share to somebody home or abroad, a friend on any social media platform, and bless the ministry to us led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. I love you all. Keep burning for Jesus. Talk to somebody about Jesus. Talk to somebody about Jesus because God is counting on you. Hallelujah. Shalom. Peace. Bye, 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 bye.